This podcast is a production of Phoenix Media. Explore more episodes of this show and other great shows on the Phoenix Media Podcast Network by visiting phoenixmedia.us. The views expressed do not necessarily represent those of the company or its advertisers and may contain language that's unsuitable for younger listeners. Laugh it up, fuzzball. I'm about to do to you what Limp Bizkit did to music in the late 90s. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Here goes the last DJ. I wash my hands of this weirdness. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It is Thursday, September 17th. We are your daily dose of laughs and levity in a crazy, crazy world. I'm joined by my co-host, Tony Sanfilippo. Tony, how you doing this morning? Uh, not too bad, actually. Uh, got home uh, still late last night, but uh, still at a reasonable time where I actually went uh, to bed pretty early after a long day of uh, all kinds of stuff. Uh, nice. Taking a, took a dirty uh, car ride, uh, Uber car ride to work yesterday. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, so... Probably the smelliest one I've been a part of. <laughs> oh, yeah, uh, you had mentioned that they're replacing your engine in your car. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, so I I blew up my engine in my uh, 2018 Ford Escape. Um, nothing that I did out of neglect, but just a freak uh, thing happened inside the engine, and uh, just uh, <laughs> it just uh, blew something on the on the uh, head, and uh, yeah. That's uh, on the block, and I'm out of the car for a little bit. Woo. One, it goes to show, always buy the extended warranty. Yes, thank God, because that would, uh, I would not be happy. I'd be a big grump. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> it only costs you, what, a $100 copay? $100 copay, and I'll get a whole new engine. Sorry, so deductible. Nice. I'm thinking yeah. health insurance. Hey, copay, <laughs> hey, it's, it's, it's in surgery, you know, so it's going to be out for a bit. Yeah, so it'll be uh, rental car life for. I don't know how long, but uh, <laughs> they're paying for it, so I'm, I'm not going to bitch about it. So, All right, fair enough. <laughs> well, let's go ahead and kick things off the way we do every day with a question for my co-host. Tony, aside from somebody dying, what is the worst luck they could have in fleeing uh, police? The way of dying from fleeing from the police? No, uh, no, no. Maybe? So in, instead of dying, so okay. obviously death would be the worst luck you could have. But instead of death, what is the worst luck you could have fleeing from police? What could um, what could happen to you that's not quite as bad as death, but still pretty bad, still unlucky? Uh, it, it could be free ball Friday, and your pants could f- come run. It could fly off as you're running from them. Okay. And then the twigs and berries are hanging, dangling. You know, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that'd be pretty. That'd be pretty bad. You'd be already having a bad day for fleeing from the police, and little Willie is. Uh, 
out dancing around for right. the world to see. That that'd be pretty bad. Maybe Skycopter Twelve has you uh, on video with uh, Free yeah. Willy and. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You freed Willie, and uh, the girl you like happens to see on the news and realizes that you flee from the police and you have no pants on. <laughs> Always, that could be a very, very bad day, sir. Sorry, that's the, that's the creative image I'm giving you all. <laughs> hey, fair enough. You know, obviously, that's uh, you know a little more creative than you know the mainstream of getting to an accident, getting hurt. Well. This guy was pretty unlucky, so a suspect in Georgia left his good luck behind when he abandoned a winning lottery ticket while fleeing sheriff's deputies. That's pretty oh, unlucky. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> the Cherokee County Sheriff's Office says the man had a Georgia lottery scratch game card worth $100, so eh, not, uh, not a huge jackpot, when he ran away during a traffic stop on Interstate 75 on Monday in a Facebook post, it offered its congratulations, invited him to claim the ticket at its office in Canton, about 40 miles north of Atlanta. The man, who was not identified, was later taken into custody, uh, Sheriff spokesman Captain Jay Baker told the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Baker said the man was a passenger in a vehicle that was pulled over for a tag violation, and he ran into the woods. The lottery ticket was in a backpack that also had methamphetamine, according to Baker. The man can have the lottery ticket back, but the sheriff's office said it will keep the drugs. So, uh, pretty unlucky. Uh, I would say that uh, leaving the drugs behind would get him in probably even bigger trouble. Yeah, I probably, if I'm him, I wouldn't go back and claim that. No, it's, no, no. It, no, that's like, that's just baiting in a dumb criminal. It's like, hey, it's a... Uh, We've we found this lottery ticket. If you happen to have this backpack and you were in this area on this date, come claim it. You want some money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we've talked about it before. I think it would be fun to do a segment on it where uh, you know police have set up uh, you know Facebook posts saying you know free free drug check. You know we'll make sure that uh, you know nobody laced your drugs, and then uh, people bring their drugs in, they get arrested, and the stupidity is yeah. mind blowing and hilarious all at the same time. It's it's like a Looney Tunes uh, cartoon, you know that one where free free sample or whatever they would do and they'd have like the box and the stick right <laughs> like the character would go grab it so well that's a good <laughs> analogy tom all right we have a wonderful show lined up for you folks today it is thursday the third day let's talk about it shall we the third day all right monday one day tuesday two day wednesday when huh what day thursday <laughs> the third day okay it is Thursday. You know what happens on Thursday. We talk about America's penis and the strange things that happen down there. It's Florida Man. We have a segment called Always Tip Your Server. Our call-in topic is backyard wrestling mishaps. If you're a guy who grew up in our era, you've had one. We have a segment called Don't Be an Idiom. We have This Day in History. And Tony is up next with the entertainment news. Folks, don't go anywhere. We will be right back. Unable to listen to the whole show? A recording of today's program will be available later today. Visit americamatters.us and click on the podcast link. Now, back to the show. And we are back, folks. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It is Thursday, September 17th. 
Now, we've got a thing called the Phoenix Line. It's a 24-hour-a-day, seven-day-a-week voicemail line, giving you guys, the listeners and watchers, an opportunity to chime in on anything whatsoever. Maybe just how you're feeling for the day. Maybe we're wrong about something. I'm sure that happens quite a bit. But give us a call on the Phoenix Line, that number, 855-PHOENIX-RADIO. That's 855-F-E-N-I-X-R-D-O, or 855-336-4973. All we ask is that you keep it entertaining. We will compile those together and put them out in a future show. Now it is the second segment of this show, and you guys know what that means. Tony's here with the entertainment news. Good morning, everybody. It is a Thursday, the third day, September 17th, and here's your Filippo Fast Five. Oh my, Anthony Daniels will play C-3PO in Tales from the Galaxy's Edge. It's a VR experience that comes out this holiday season on Oculus Quest, which uh, hmm. is some virtual reality device. I think it's, I don't know if it's Sony's Oculus or if Oculus is its own thing. It's its but own nonetheless, thing. Owned by Facebook. Okay, well, yep. Anthony Daniels will voice C3PO. And if you know me, you know 3PPO? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so if you you guys will know what I think of 3PO. Um, Emmy voters have spoken. The Mandalorian, have they took home five trophies on Wednesday's third night of the Creative Arts Emmys. Nice. They uh, won visual effects, stories, uh, a couple other categories, but... This is the way. Jim Carrey will play Joe Biden on Saturday Night Live this season. Maya Rudolph and Alec Baldwin will also return to poke fun at American politics. So should be a, a fun little skits there, especially with Jim Carrey on, uh, on SNL. That's pretty awesome. He'll bring the right <laughs> amount of crazy. Yeah, that's going to be really cool, actually. Disney Plus promises WandaVision will premiere this year. And if you don't know what WandaVision is, um, that is the Marvel show of... Um, I'm drawing a blank. Holy crap. Uh, it's Vision <laughs> and Scarlet Witch. There you uh, go. It's their, uh, <laughs> it'll be kind of a random sitcom kind of thing. So should be interesting. If it all ties into the Marvel Universe. Uh, and lastly, which I'll get more into in the entertainment part, the PlayStation 5 was announced, and it will be backwards compatible with 99% of the thousands of PlayStation 4 games Sony has tested. So, Finally. with that, moving on, that's good news. We'll get. I'm going to save that for the end, but I will start with a little news uh, in the movie area. Let me close out my little window here so I can see y'all. Um, Black Widow release uh, is supposed to happen November uh, November 6th. Well, hold on to your hats, kids. Another delay incoming. Yep. Disappointed! Yeah. Marvel fans may be hearing a familiar refrain yet again. According to Variety, Disney will very likely delay Black Widow's theatrical release. So it hasn't happened yet, but based on all the reports on different sites I read yesterday, it looks like it's happening. And basically it's because the slow response to the theaters. Um, the people are, uh, the movie uh, studios are very disappointed. No pun intended to the soundbite. <laughs> um, but they're very disappointed in the fact that Tenet is underperforming in their theaters. Be, and they still don't have uh, the uh, Los Angeles or New York markets open yet to really draw the kind of money they expect. So they feel with the limited amount of people going to theaters now that it's open, 
they feel it's best to push back. That's kind of their fear between it. Um, they're also looking uh, possibly of just uh, shifting Black Widow to Disney Plus a la Mulan. So uh, it may not even go to theaters. It may skip it all together, which would be... Oh. Dis- Disappointed! Yeah, that's what happens yes, when you yes, pay attention, movie. right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> now that's that's see now let's see I, that's what I do on that end sometimes. Yeah, you know, I get busy doing other stories, but it's unclear how far Black Widow's release date may be pushed. Um, Disney is still hoping to capitalize on the traditional movie uh, season, or they may play it safe and wait until 2021. Uh, they hold the November slot for uh, Marvel's Eternals, uh, which obviously that's going to get that got pushed back to February 12th. Uh, looks like everything's shifting. So uh, let us know below in the comments on the Phoenix page what you guys think and or call the Phoenix line and vent it out so we can play it on a future show. Uh, Christian, what do you think? But I mean, See, normally I would say, you know, put it in theaters, even if it's premature or if you have to wait a little bit but in the case of marvel movies i would say go ahead and just push it to disney plus people pay the 30 bucks the main reason is because they've got a timeline of everything that coincides with the movies so uh, as you mentioned eternals is the follow-up to that but all of the disney plus tv marvel projects that are coming out coincide with certain movies as well and so by pushing one movie back it pushes absolutely everything else back and especially when everything uh opens up again hopefully soon it's not like they can you know keep the same timeline on all of the other movies as they did before uh just because they they go in a certain order Right. One, WandaVision was supposed to come out in October, but because of everything, now that's pushed to December. But they want to stick with that coming out December, so that way they can get uh, Falcon and uh, Winter Soldier out uh, in the uh, new year, since that got delayed for a shooting. So, um, so yeah, that's all the wonderful delays. Um, Kind of into a random book book news. uh, Sega announces that uh, Sonic the Hedgehog, oh Sonic, the little adventure will go on. <laughs> it, it will be an Encyclopedia oh. in celebration of the character's 30th anniversary. <laughs> the book is currently available for pre-order on Amazon. It will be printed by Ian Flynn. Longtime fans of the Big Blue Blur should be familiar with Flynn's work. He worked on Sonic the Hedgehog's Archie comics. And he writes the current series from IDW Publishing. According to Liston, the book will cover the series from the days of the Sega Genesis up to today, with in-depth looks at characters uh, and from the series lore. An image of the book's cover can be found on well on this page, which I'm reading, <laughs> which you people can't um, see, which you can't see, but maybe I'll share it with you. But uh, Dark Horse has previously published a number of books regarding video games, including the Super Mario Brothers ex- uh, Encyclopedia. So this will be out next year for his 30th anniversary. A lot of big things coming out. They're going to have an announcement here shortly of everything to celebrate Sonic's 30th birthday. Um, but the Encyclopedia will be out, um, is available now for $49.99. Uh, it has a, it's not available now, but pre-orders now. June 1st, 2021. That's awfully early to announce all this. Right. But uh, if you like encyclopedias and stuff and you're a big Sonic the Hedgehog fan, that just might be for you. <laughs> um, 
And then uh, going on to a little sports news here, um, it looks like uh, they announced uh, some nominees for the Pro Football Hall of Fame, class of 2021. Of course, they still have to <laughs> do the class of 2020. That still hasn't happened. I <laughs> Let's find out what this has to say. Uh, among those in the first year of elig- eligibility, there's one quarterback listed for the Pro Football Hall of Fame class of 2021 nominees, and he's one of the best to ever set foot on the gridiron. I think you know where I'm going with this. Peyton freaking Manning, a two-time Super Bowl winner <laughs> and a five-time AP NFL Most Valuable Player who delighted both the Indianapolis Colts and the Denver Broncos. Fans across 17 autumns is tops among the newly eligible. Like like that was any question. He wouldn't be a first. He's going to be uh, a first, first round. Exactly. Bet. Yeah. Among the other first-year headliners are former Packers and Raiders standout defensive back Charles Woodson. No surprise there. A, a Super Bowl winner and nine-time Pro Bowler. Lions wide receiver Calvin Johnson. Six-time Pro Bowler selection and one of the most prolific sack artists of all time, Jared Allen. Uh, who played with the Vikings, the Bears, and I think he ended with the Panthers, if I'm not mistaken. The Bears. Uh, the Bears. You also have uh, Patriots um, dynasty guard Logan Mankins and the innovator of the peanut punch, the peanut punch. Wow, words are hard for me today. Cornerback uh, Charles Tillman are also eligible. So uh, they got nominated, but obviously I see Charles Woodson uh, Peyton Manning and uh, Jared Allen probably being first round Hall of Fame uh, Hall of Famer standouts. Calvin Johnson was great, but he retired early. But here are the rest of the eligibles to be nominated: All Peyton right. Manning, Calvin Johnson, Wes Welker, Roddy White, Heath Miller, Stephen Jackson, Logan Mankins, Charles Tillman, Charles Woodson, Jared Allen, Justin Tuck, Kevin Williams, Jared Mayo. Uh, and other nominees that still have not got in. Surprisingly, this is this is surprising list. True Bledsoe, Randall coming coming in, <laughs> Cunningham. Wow, my Jesus! Woo! Jeff Garcia, Dave Krieg, Donovan McNabb, and Steve Air McNair. That's crazy. They didn't get yeah. in yet. I forget how many do they take in each class. I uh, I think they only pick about. Well, the class of twenty twenty was supposed to have big because they take coaches and. And all that stuff. I, I think it's about six or seven. Yeah. I could be wrong, though. Because it doesn't have the information on there to give you accurate information. But if you guys know, again, chime in below. And this is one where I don't want to be wrong, where you're like, no, no, it's actually this. So, um, But I carved out enough time to talk about the big news yesterday. I'm sticking in the world of video games because it was a pretty big deal in, in the world of uh, technology and entertainment, in my opinion. Uh the PlayStation 5 was announced yesterday. They had the event, uh, and uh, here's some of the things they announced. Uh, first and foremost, let me scroll down and tell you about the system before I tell you about any games that were announced. Um, the, uh, Sony's next-gen console finally got its release date and prices. Uh, the regular PS5, um, and then there's going to be a digital edition that has no discs. Uh, so the main one will be $499.99. Uh, which is the same price as the Xbox uh, Series X, um, and then their digital version, where you don't, there's no physical media; it's just straight uh, digital and downloads, will be three ninety nine, um, and they will drop in the U.S., Japan, Canada, Mexico, Australia, New Zealand, South Korea on November twelfth. Other territories, November nineteenth. You can pre order starting today. 
Um, some of the big things that uh, they showed yesterday was Final Fantasy 16, uh, Harry Potter Hogwarts Leg- Legacy, Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War, Resident Evil 8, The Village, um, some g- new game called Deathloop, uh, Devil May Cry 5 Special Edition, and the big one that you had sent me was uh, mm-hmm. Spider-Man Miles Morales, which whew, looks looks oh, like looks an amazing good. game. Yep. So if you're a PlayStation 5, that's good. Not to mention that they've announced kind of a, a service that you pay kind of like Xbox uh, Game Pass. It's called the PlayStation Plus Collection. And on launch day, you could play all the PS4. Well, you play a list of PS4 games from God of War, Mortal Kombat 10, Uncharted 4, Ratchet & Clank, Batman Arkham Knight, The Last of Us, Resident Evil 7, uh, Final Fantasy 15, Fallout 4. A lot of good games, and they're all upscaled. So... If you're a PlayStation fan, uh, some great news yesterday. And then that is the end of that. And we'll dance on over to birthdays. It's my birthday! Come on, everybody. It's Arrow's birthday. Kevin Clash. He is the voice of Elmo. And go, Ninja, go, Ninja, go! Master Splinter, he's 63. Uh, Phil Jackson, one of the greatest NBA coaches, actually probably the greatest NBA coach of all time. He is 75. Comedian Bobby Lee is 50. <laughs> Jimmy Jones. Oh, Jimmy Jones. Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy Johnson. <laughs> I'm, having a, I'm having a bad day, man. Jimmy Johnson is 45. Jimmy Jones, pop culture kaboom, buddy. Uh, it's me, Mario. Woohoo! Charles Martinet, the voice of Mario. He's 65. Flow Rider, who likes to spin you round round, is 41. And Patrick freaking Mahomes, 25 years old today. Now, check this out. With his contract, every second he makes $1.60. Every minute he makes $96. Every hour, $5,742. An hour. Wow. He makes $137,808 a day. a year, and he gets $503 million 10 years. Happy birthday, you son of a biscuit. Those are your birthdays. Enjoy. (laughs) Well, folks, that does it for the entertainment news. When we come back, it's Florida Man. We talk about America's penis and the strange things that happen down there. You won't want to miss it. After these messages, we'll be right back. To join the conversation, call 844-790-TALK. That's 844-790-8255. Now, back to the show. And we are back. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It's Thursday, September 17th. We are all over social media with many of you watching us right now on Facebook Live or YouTube Live as we speak. We also rebroadcast every evening on the AUN TV network. That's 13 stations across Northern California and Northern Nevada. Now, if you want to get a hold of me on social media, you can at facebook.com forward slash Christian Phoenix Radio. That's Christian with a K, Phoenix with an F, radio, of course, with an R, or on Instagram at Christian Phoenix. 
Tony's available at facebook.com forward slash Tony dot Sanfilippo, S-A-N-F-I-L-I-P-P-O dot nine four, or on Instagram at Tony dot Sanfilippo 81. Now, being that it's Thursday, the third day, we talk about America's penis and the strange things that happen down there. Yes, it's time for Florida Man. Oh, good for you. Oh, Florida man, Florida man, where all the crazy kids can. Welcome to Florida man. It's a new day. Let's get down to crazy town, shall we? We shall. Let's do it. Uh, So people can do the strangest things when they've had a little too much to drink. Well, one Florida man proved that after he got overly aggressive in a restroom one night at around 11 p.m., he went to do his business and returned several minutes later soaking wet the staff at the sports bar were stunned by his appearance and soon realized that he ripped a urinal off the wall (laughs) oh yeah unleash the beast that's quite an impressive display of strength from someone who has presumably several drinks down by that point the guy in his 20s followed the strongman out by with a strip show when he peeled off all his clothes and disappeared into the woods it's unclear where he ended up so that was a double fun (laughs) Story when, right there. When you said he came out of the bathroom soaking wet, I expected this to be the story. Yeah. I pooped my pants. <laughs> well, he might have. Uh, I know, obviously, he didn't. I didn't say if he did. But nonetheless, what a sight to see if you're watching sports and someone's just like, I pooped my pants. <laughs> Check out my urinal. <laughs> oh. Well, if you're trying to rob a house, how would you attempt to cover up a crime? Well, if you're anything like these two Florida men, you try to burn down the evidence with some pasta sauce. Toasty! One homeowner, one homeowner was very concerned when a security system alerted him to the movement on his property. After discovering one of the cameras had been covered up, he informed the authorities who rushed to the scene. They found two men one which was dressed in a bull onesie, attempting to flee. The other discovered a pot of pasta sauce on the stove and a washcloth dangerously close to the burner. It seems they were trying to commit arson and look like a cooking accident, or try to make it look like a cooking accident. Way to go, a-hole! <laughs> oh, going around and asking your neighbors for baking ingredients is such a suburban thing to do. It's the kind of thing you would regularly see on TV, but which doesn't happen typically in real life. Well, not unless you live in Port St. Lucie. You eat your caboose like Gary Busey. Okay. And it's sad. <laughs> Apparently, one Florida man there has no qualms about asking his neighbors for ingredients. However, it seems like he doesn't always take the most normal approach when knocking on doors. According to reports, the man once wore a mop on his head when he went out in search of eggs. His neighbors ended up calling the cops because they couldn't understand him. I'm so sorry. I'm laughing as I read these things. His neighbors ended up calling the cops because they couldn't understand him. We're apparently fearful of the man. Maybe he should have thought twice about his entire. Hello, <laughs> do you have any eggs I could borrow? They must be all cage free and organic. Do you want to play a game? <laughs> Hello, Sydney. How hard is it to keep track of an 18 foot banana? Uh, I don't know. I ask that myself that every day. I, I thought so. I ask that on a daily. I'm like, 
I wonder where I could just put this 18-foot banana that I have. I just don't know where to put it. Um, well, anyways, according to one Florida man, it seems that he lost one several years ago after showcasing it at the Cardboard Art Festival. When he attempted to take it home, an unexpected storm led to unsafe driving conditions. Unsure what to do, he, sh- he sought shelter in a playground, hopeful that the rain would let up. When it didn't, he was forced to leave his car and the banana. Where it was while he went to work, unfortunately, when he came back to retrieve his vehicle, the giant piece of fruit was gone. His no. car was exactly where he'd left it, but it seems that someone had stolen his big, big banana. Inconceivable! Yeah, that one was kind of stupid. What animals would you go? Would you want on your side if you were going to take down an entire town? What animals? Like, yeah, like if you wanted to take over a town... Uh, like Pinky and the Brain, you want to take over the world? Uh, what what animal are you going to take with you? Uh, hands down, chan- chainsaw-wielding monkeys. Oh, yes, I like that throwback to a, uh, one of our opening segments <laughs> many moons ago. Yes. Well, well, turtles probably wouldn't be your first choice. Unless, of course, you're a Florida man. One guy from the Sunshine, Sunshine State reportedly threatened to unleash an army of turtles. <laughs> On his town, the man in his 60s didn't give any reason for why. He just said him and his turtles would bring a reign of terror. Were However, he's in. Oh, sorry. Were they of the uh, were they of the Teenage Mutant Ninja variety? Oh, I'm, I'm hoping that it get, I hope he put bandanas on them and stuff. <laughs> that would be but, awesome. <laughs> uh, he seemed very insistent that they were collectively going to destroy his coastal town. Witnesses weren't necessarily afraid of the turtles. They were concerned about the lengths the Florida man would go to. So they called the cops and he was swiftly arrested for disturbing the peace, among other things. Oh, my I'm God. Shattered. Who the hell cares? These are my turtles. <laughs> if you don't let me in your store, we're taking over this town. But don't worry. We'll wear masks and we'll do a social distancing. It'll be safe. But we're taking over. And it's going to happen very slowly. Very slowly. Well, Doorbells are, I think this one's a, a repeat, but oh well, it's yeah. an old repeat. Doorbells are typically designed for you to press with your finger. However, it seems people aren't entirely convinced about that. Uh, they appear to have other ideas in mind about how to use them, and they involve their tongues. Yummy. People are still going around, and people of the night are going around licking doorbells. Given how many fingers and therefore germs Ugh. touch those things, we wouldn't want to put their tongue, our tongues near them. One Florida man feels differently. He was caught doing the deed in Lake Worth, Florida, around 6 in the morning. The homeowner had no idea what he was doing at her house, but apparently this wasn't his first time doing this and was eventually caught by police. He's a creepy-looking dude. Um, and I think this. I think I have time for one more. Yeah. Florida man gets themselves in trouble doing the craziest things sometimes. One guy from Milton, Florida, got himself arrested because a woman wouldn't let him eat egg rolls in her house. (laughs) Sounds like a bizarre scenario, right? Apparently, it all started when he showed up at her house one night, having had a fair amount to drink. He kept ringing the doorbell and demanding to be let in. Despite the woman's insistence that she wasn't going to let that happen, it seems the egg rolls were actually inside the home because she reportedly told him that she'd bring them to the door. However, when she opened, he shoved her aside and went in. Unsurprisingly, the police came and arrested him while he was eating his egg rolls. Way to go, Crazy little stories out of Florida. And don't worry, because next Thursday, we'll have a whole grip more of craziness 
from America's penis. Well, folks, that does it for Florida Man. When we come back, we have a segment called Always Tip Your Server. And you should always tip your server. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back in a few. Are you shy and don't want to talk on the air? Text us your questions or comments to 775-237-2266. Now back to the show. Now back to the show indeed. This is the Crusher Phoenix Radio Show. It's Thursday, September 17th. Now we're in the final segment of the first hour. Plenty to go in the second hour. But if you missed a portion of the show or you want to go back and catch up on any of the previous shows, it's easy enough to do so. Head over to americamatters.us. Click on the shows and podcast link, scroll on down to the Christian Phoenix radio show. From there, you can get video, you can get audio as well, or head over to wherever you get podcasts. Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, Anchor Breaker, TuneIn, iHeart, about 20 in all. While you're there, be sure to subscribe. That way you always have the latest episode. Leave a review, let us know what you think, and tell your friends because sharing is caring. Now, Tony... Have you ever in your working life been a waiter or a server at a restaurant? Never. Me neither. I've worked in a restaurant, but as a uh, a line cook or a, a, a prep cook as well, never as a waiter. I did bust some tables, but, uh, you know, I always feel, feel really bad. Not bad, but uh, I I sympathize with waiters. You know, when you're at a restaurant and and they either stick them with too many tables, or uh, uh, you know their their day's not going so well, or if you know sometimes if the kitchen is delayed in getting things out, you know people take it out on the waiters themselves. So uh, waiters and waitresses they have a, a hard job that of course you know it, it's something we need. You know, when you go to some of the chain restaurants, you know, they have those Ziosk machines that, you know, cut down on the need for waiters or waitresses a little bit, but I still like the personal interaction. Um, Pulled up a list of some of the funnier things to happen to servers, waiters, and waitresses, and just wanted to run through those and just remind everybody, you know, make sure you tip your servers. Um, You know, they they don't earn a whole lot unless they uh, get it from tips. And uh, obviously, if they are not doing their job quite up to par, well, you know, tip accordingly. Yeah. I was going to say, my uh, cousins, um, they've both been uh, waiters. Um, One of mine right now, she works at Texas Roadhouse. Oh, she has to do the line dancing? Yeah. Yeah, luckily she said with COVID, they don't have to do that as much. But uh, yeah, she says there's, uh, you know, pros and cons. Like sometimes some nights are good tip nights, some nights are not. And um, the big thing is, is they don't make uh, like minimum wage because they actually get lowballed on the uh, that because they make it with tips. So sometimes tips are their livelihood with that, unfortunately. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that they can't have a little fun in the meantime as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like you said, Texas Roadhouse, everybody, it's Christian's birthday. <laughs> it's really not Christian's birthday, but. And I will uh, not be going there for my birthday because I'm not sitting on any saddle. Oh, I, well, I would after a couple of drinks. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's another story for another day. So let's go through our uh, list of humorous uh, server stories. For instance, uh, from Twitter user Ileana, she says, "My boyfriend told me when I was when he was seventeen, he worked in a posh hotel, and at breakfast 
at breakfast, some bloke asked him, is this creme fraiche? He replied, yeah, we don't serve out-of-date food, and I can't stop thinking about it. Uh, obviously not creme fraiche as in fresh daily, creme fraiche as in a type of French topping. So, uh, yeah. Moving on. Worked in a hotel. Customer said, uh, customer told the waiter he thought the fish was a bit dry. The waiter replied, well, that's what happens when you take the fish out of water. Luckily, the customer took it well. Um, you know, a good server, a server with a sense of humor will always get a, a couple more bucks in my book. Yeah, well, you gotta, you gotta be funny. That's for sure. Something like that. Uh, that those are my favorite kind of waiters the ones that crack jokes that they're not overly annoying they're not mm. like coming every five seconds oh are you good are you good but like keeping the water topped up you know constantly uh make you know just making the good rounds uh and being cordial and just being attentive those those are always good ones you know friendly <laughs> things like that yeah Moving on from Twitter user Mar says, This reminds me of when I was a waitress at a luxury restaurant on the ocean when I was 18, and a guy asked me for a sea breeze, and I opened the window. He gave me a disgusted look, then told me it was a drink. I don't think that uh, misunderstanding was on purpose. Uh, I think she literally thought he wanted a uh, nice, cooling sea breeze from a open window. <laughs> Sea breeze, the sea breeze drink, like you're gonna. When I was a little sea breeze, it sounds like a Tony type drink that would have yeah, a well, little paper umbrella in it. You damn right, <laughs> like that's the best way to go. <laughs> All right, moving on. To, uh, says uh, Twitter user Joffle Cakes, a girl I worked with not long turned 18. A customer asked her for a dry white wine, she looked at them and said. We only serve wet wine here. The girl then proceeded to tell us the story as if the customer was the dafty. I would assume dafty means idiot. Oh, apparently, she uh, she needs to study up on her wines. Yeah, you got to know. I'm going to take a dafty, you know. It's, it's the delicious dafty. Moving on uh, from Twitter user Don Hickey. Here's a word you don't hear <laughs> that often. It says, uh, I worked in a haberdashery market when I was 13, and someone asked me for invisible thread. I checked the stock shelves and replied without thinking, I'm sorry, I can't see any. Never allowed to forget it. Um, I don't know why anybody would even bother asking for invisible thread. Uh, don't know if that's a throwback to some childhood story, but it uh, doesn't sound like the funniest joke in the world. No, um, can I get an invisible thread? Is your fridge running? <laughs> you better go catch it. Yes. Uh, it's an old joke that I learned uh, back in the day. That's right. Yes. Speaking of <laughs> bad waiter humor, uh, this from Twitter user Big Fuggin Hippie. I, I, had, to, I had to be very careful <laughs> big, with that. Big effing Willy Willy. <laughs> Says, used to work in a fast. At uh, used to work in words are hard today, Tone. Used to work in yes, fast food, they are. and a guy came in and asked my friend for a hamburger. She told him we only sold beef burgers. Uh huh, huh, huh funny. <laughs> I'll give good. that bastard the crickets. <laughs> yeah, terrible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is a dumb joke? Do you, get, do you have uh, you know, we only have beef burgers? Shut up. I Well, it was fast food, but I, I was going to say I wouldn't have tipped them quite as much for that 
poor, poor attempt at humor. Yeah, no. No, no. <laughs> All right. Um, nope, that one's terrible. All right, let's move on to this one. Twitter user Jimmy <laughs> says, My sister once worked in a pub, and when someone rung up to book a table, she replied, I'm sorry, we're bully effed tonight. Boy, this is a terrible list. <laughs> when they have bullies in Carson? It's funny. When when I put these together, you know, obviously some of these lists are, are, are quite long, and I'll read the first three or four and be like, okay, you know what? That's doable. Then you get into five, six, and seven, and there are some really, really terrible ones in here. So let's attempt to move on. For instance, Twitter user Nick says, when I was 18, I worked in a hotel and did some shifts as a night porter. The job sheet said, wash windows with hot water and vinegar. Get vinegar from kitchen. The only vinegar I could find was balsamic. Didn't know what it was, and so I thought, yep, I'll do this. Um, Yeah, balsamic vinegar is definitely not what you want to use when washing windows. It is purely a food item. Yeah. Oh, well, this balsamic vinegar uh, totally cleans everything. What's the smell? Oh, balsamic. Boy, there are some terrible stories in here. All right, let's try this one. Twitter user Ash says, when I was 16, I worked in a cafe, and on my first day, someone asked for an espresso. I didn't know what it was and thought the machine was broken, so I gave them a cup full of espresso. Um, If you're a barista, you know that it has to be prepared a certain way. You can't just use the raw ingredients, and I'm sure that tasted just awful. Yeah, probably not good. All right, uh, here's a place that, uh, you know, when you're there, you're family. From Twitter user Michael Douglas Hall says, I worked at Olive Garden, and some real winner of a turd wa- wanted to know <laughs> if your muscles are wild or, or farm-raised. He chose to use the pronoun your, and I distinctly forgot that we had muscles on the menu. So I thought uh, he was asking about my muscles. I said, wild, I guess. Um, yeah, yeah. 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 Do you do you know what's funny too? Like just to kind of trim the segments a little bit and delay it for you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. This is pretty bad. At yeah. This one we um, can't even get out of at, early because it takes us to the, to the break. Yeah. So at work, you know, one of one of the most annoying things I hear, and people always think they're funny with it. Um, FYI, you're not funny. We've heard it a million times. But it's like when you're assisting, and you ask them, "Would you like? You know, do you want a box?" And then you get them. They're like, "Yeah, do you?" And then they start Seriously? doing this weird boxing thing. It's like, oh, no, do you want a freaking box for your items? No. <coughs> Excuse me. The uh, thing that waiters and waitresses do that drive me nuts, and you won't see it right now during the time of coronavirus, is that you're sitting there, and then when they come to take your order, they come and sit down next to you and start writing oh. down your order. It's like, who, who the hell are you thinking you can just sit down and... Yeah, yeah, I don't like that. You know, I'm gonna tell this story too because it's a waitress. It's a waitress story. Okay, you've got about um, thirty seconds. Yeah, that's easy. I was at Grandma Hattie's in Carson, and uh, I was uh, there with the ex, and uh, they served her breakfast. And then uh, with mine, they had the hot plate. Uh, you know, and she leaned, and it like hit me in the head, and it burned me. Ooh. And she starts laughing. Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, I'm like, yeah. I'm- 
great. So well, maybe you know. maybe she's like you, and when she's uncomfortable, she just laughs. But yeah, folks, I do that, and then I fart. Thankfully, we are putting this segment to bed, oh putting gosh. it out of its misery. It's probably one of the worst ones. Yeah. Uh, stay tuned. In about seven <laughs> minutes, we'll be back. Come back to us. Call in when you come. When you guys come back, because you will. We'll see. You. We'll see you guys in about seven. Laugh it up, fuzzball. I'm about to do to you what Limp Bizkit did to music in the late 90s. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. second hour of the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It is Thursday, September 17th. We are your daily dose of laughs and levity in a crazy, crazy world. Still joined by my co-host, Tony Sanfilippo, on this wacky Thursday, dealing with power outages before the show and uh, segments that fell apart in the (laughs) middle of them. Other than that that tone, how you holding up? I'm holding up well, buddy. How are you holding up? I'm good. Uh, as I mentioned, uh, here at the studio, we had a power outage uh, before I came in, had to reboot all of the systems, got this show, show going just in the nick of time, and then, of course, we had uh, you know the, the, the miserable attempt at a segment uh, in the last one about uh, waiters and servers attempting to make yeah, jokes or it, not understanding it things. It definitely it's, will not be the clip on your Instagram or Facebook no, or Twitter feeds today. No, no. no in fact, that will not be picked. Sorry, that's a forgettable. That should be on that awful Tuesday show we put. <laughs> not this last Tuesday, but the infamous one a few weeks back. Uh, the, uh, the the brown standard that we don't want to shoot for. Exactly. <laughs> Even to the point where uh, I think we're going to have a backup topic where, uh, you know, we can break glass in case of emergency just because. Uh, <laughs> right. Oof. You just never know. Not everything. Sometimes it's a swing and a miss. It, it, it's it's going to happen. Yep. Won't be the, it won't be the last time, that's for sure. I'm sure it'll happen <laughs> again. So. All right, folks. Well, it is the interactive portion of the show where we want to hear from you guys, the listeners and the watchers at 844-790-TALK. That's 844-790-8255, toll free from anywhere in the world, or chime in on the comment section of the live video on facebook.com forward slash Christian Phoenix Radio. The subject today comes out of our uh, call-in topic, actually, from Monday, which is our favorite obscure sports. And Kendra had mentioned that uh, trampoline is now an Olympic sport, which, for the most of us, was just a, you know, a fun backyard activity. It came up that uh, you know my brother and I would uh, do wrestling moves on the trampoline, and you know obviously it was a fun, somewhat safe place to do that. And uh, decided, you know what, let's talk about some of our backyard wrestling mishaps because you know if you were a little kid a boy maybe uh you know maybe a girl you know you, who loved wrestling growing up in the late 80s early 90s you know you would you would take your younger sibling or your friend and and you would try out some of the moves for instance for me um 
we had a basement when we lived in Minnesota, and we had a big couch down there, and uh, you know, my younger brother, and I would backyard wrestle. We would try out some of the moves, and we would take turns throwing each other onto the couch. Well, uh, I ended up suplexing him onto the couch, a little too close to the arm of the couch, and his head ended up smacking on the arm. Uh, oh. uh, had a huge welt. He was crying. Got in trouble, you know, obviously with my parents, and uh, it was not fun. It was hilarious in the moment, but uh, not fun with dealing with the aftermath. But uh, right. we all have those kind of stories. We're looking for your backyard wrestling mishaps. Uh, how about you, Tone? Anything come to mind as uh, something that didn't go quite right when you were trying those moves out? Oh, yeah. So my sister and I, we used to always do WWF uh, uh, back in the day on... Uh, <laughs> for for those uh, young ones out there, WWE used to be known as WWF, not right. the World yeah. Wildlife Federation. Yeah, Foundation. so we used to do kinds of moves there. Obviously, I shared the story of... Uh, me pretending to be, uh, I think, Jeff Hardy off the top of my roof. And I I did a flip or like he called it the swanton bomb. And I jumped off onto the trampoline off the roof. And my mom saw it and she was pissed. Um, I also hit my back doing that. So that didn't. Uh, it's kind of the last time I did that, knowing that, like, yeah, that hurt. Yeah. Uh, but a mishap I had was with my poor little uh, cousin, Ian, when he was little. Um, obviously we used to, he was so small. We had, he's, he's taller than me now, but at the time, you know, he was small, but we had power bomb him onto the bed. You know, you flip him and pow. <laughs> well, <laughs> I ended up doing a pile driver on him. And uh, obviously if you're not, uh, trained in the, uh, theatrics of wrestling and you don't protect their head, well, a pile driver legitimately will F somebody up. Yeah. So yeah, you can't do that. That's why. People don't typically do pile drivers because if done incorrectly, it could paralyze you, yada, yada. Well, this poor kid, I pile drove him on the bed. And oh, no. He was screaming bloody murder. He was like, ah! Oh. My neck! My neck! And <laughs> I was like, no, 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 don't tell anybody. And I, yeah, he did. He was crying. I mean, it's not like anyone didn't know. <laughs> hey, Tony, hit me on my head! I'm honestly, uh, I'm honestly surprised at the beginning of any wrestling program. They don't have the disclaimer, you know, do not try this at home. These are trained pro- professionals. Yeah, I think they do now. Do they I really? They Interesting. Do. Yeah, they do. Yeah, because I'm sure, like, there's had to have been like other people like us as kids that do them. And, oh, of course. You know, yeah. <clears throat> you well, know, you don't crack, you know, crack a chair over somebody. <laughs> not that I've done that, but it's like, <laughs> you know, if you don't. Uh, that's going to leave a mark, that's for sure. Well, we're, we're kind of counting on it because it is a call-in topic. We do want to hear from yeah. you guys. Yes, we're tell gonna, us. What have you done? We're <laughs> going to open the phone lines now. Give us a call, 844-790-8255, 844-790-TALK, or chime in on the live video comments for uh, this show, facebook.com forward slash Christian Phoenix Radio. Phone lines are now open. Give us a call. We want to hear about your backyard wrestling mishaps. Don't go anywhere. It's all about you when we come back. Want to expand your advertising dollar? Sponsor this or any America Matters program by calling 775 827 
8900 extension 2. Now back to the show. We are Thanks, Mean Gene. <laughs> we are back to the show. <laughs> this is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It is Thursday, September 17th. We are in the middle of our call-in topic. We want to hear from you at 844-790-TALK, 844-790-8255, or chime in on the comments section of our live video on Facebook. That's facebook.com forward slash Christian Phoenix Radio. Subject today, backyard wrestling mishaps. Oh, yeah, who took the backyard wrestling? Yeah, we want to hear from you called the Phoenix Liner, huh? Yeah, that's right. Dial in now. We want to hear from you, even if you've got hemorrhoid issues. Yeah, I'm talking to you, you little prank calling guy. Yeah, <laughs> do it. Dig it. Ah, oh, thanks, uh, Macho Man. Perfect for this segment. Yeah. It's funny that they say that, uh, you know, obviously wrestling is fake, quote-unquote fake. In the storylines, the winners, losers, those sorts of things. But they are amazing athletes, especially evidenced by when you try it yourself at home and things don't go quite right. I was thinking about <laughs> it over the uh, break, and there was another time uh was with a friend at his house. He had a trampoline, tried the uh, Razor's Edge on him and uh, when i dropped him he bounced on the trampoline and it immediately bounced right off into the grass and so he didn't get too hurt but uh yeah again, <laughs> you, you gotta be careful so you do yeah <laughs> i'll save one if we don't have any callers i i know lacy and mike are watching hi guys um but they have nothing they're like sorry we can't partake today because we uh, we didn't do that fair enough i knew this calling topic would be a little bit of a niche topic but uh you know for those of us like me and you who grew up with those you know late 80s early 90s yeah. uh, wrestling we tried have, it out uh, uh, you know unfortunately when i was a kid i i didn't get into the the sports entertainment wrestling until like uh 93 um i you know one of my friends one of my neighbors he showed he was a big wrestling fan <clears throat> he's the body heat hulk hogan guy um but he he got me <laughs> into the wrestling um and I, I watched it you know and a couple of my buddies watched it and then i thought it was real like i think most kids in the beginning you think it's really like oh my gosh they what? really fight they really, they really hate stuff. each other and yeah they really mean they're really a bad guy um well one of my favorite wrestlers was brett the hitman Hart, and uh I joined the wrestling team at Eagle Valley in sixth grade based on the fact that I thought it was going to be like that, but yeah. it was not uh, coach Jones. <laughs> he was a great guy, he, but he told us, he goes, this isn't that fake bleep. Um, this is like Matt wrestling because we had to wear the singlets and, and wrestle <laughs> and all that. Well, I didn't know that you couldn't do certain moves. And I put this one poor kid in the sharpshooter and I got in trouble. I got sent to the principal's office. <laughs> well, luckily like you didn't I break a totally leg or anything. I locked it on, and that kid was screaming. So if done right, you know, it's a legit submission move. Like, yeah. it, it works. It made him tap like a mother, man. That little dude was squealing. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's the kind of story we're looking for. We want to hear from you guys right now, 844-790-TALK, 844-790-8255. Or, again, you can feel free to chime in on the comments section of our live video on Facebook. Now, uh, in the meantime, I've pulled up uh, some stories, some embarrassing real-life stories of wrestlers. For instance, Tony, did you know The Undertaker has a fear of cucumbers? I did not. Uh, <laughs> I, that's that's random, but I got the gong ready. Cucumbers. 
So, The Undertaker has struck fear in the hearts of his opponents in the WWE for more than 25 years. It's hard to imagine him being afraid of anything, but he does have one confirmed fear, and it's not what many people would expect. The dead man apparently has a fear of cucumbers. His manager, Paul Bearer, broke the news by telling Jim Cornette in a shoot interview through Ring of Honor. Bearer even told a story when the dead man actually threw up in a Waffle House restaurant after seeing a cucumber floating in his drink. Bearer explained that he was told it had to do with a seemingly traumatic experience as a child. Considering how quiet he is, we might not get the full story from The Undertaker himself. Yeah. Do you know what's funny is now that he's retired and everything, he actually is on social media and he talks a lot now. Does he really? He doesn't have, have to play the character anymore. Right, so he's, right. more, he's more open to talking and stuff. But yeah, he was one of those guys that didn't have much facial. He was another one of my favorites as a, as a kid. Because it was like, he's not, obviously he knew he wasn't dead, but the guy like never lost. He won. He won a lot. <laughs> Well, especially at WrestleMania, he didn't lose for a long time. Yeah. So, uh, moving on, Tony, uh, what do Mark Henry and the Simpsons have in common? I don't know. (laughs) So, believe it or not, there are actually 38 different cities, towns, and locations that bear the name Springfield. This has led to a long-running mystery, which Springfield was the home of the hit TV show The Simpsons. Side note, it's based in Oregon. So it might not be too hard to imagine someone going to the wrong uh, Springfield. Well, Mark Henry certainly made that mistake. During a recent Table for Three on the WWE Network, Henry explained how it happened. During the Attitude Era, Henry flew into a small airport in Springfield, Illinois. Since it was before cell phones, he contacted D'Lo Brown, who happened to be in Springfield, Massachusetts. Henry said he ended up being fined about $1,500 in addition to suffering what he calls the first panic attack of his life. So apparently he's a huge Simpsons fan and was a little upset that he didn't go to the correct Springfield. Oh, no. So the real... Did they finally say where the uh, real Springfield is? It was so it is in Oregon. They said it's Oregon. Weird. Interesting to never knew. To yeah, because that that's always been the big mystery. I'm I was a big Simpson guy. I still like them, but that was one thing I could never justify. Because I think every state has a Springfield. I know we do. It's I don't know. It's somewhere in the middle or south. But. Well, it, in uh, was it the movie that? Uh, they were even up on a mountain and they saw, you know, the borders of like four different states, none of which are actually connected in real life. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's hilarious. Folks, we are talking wrestling right now. Ooh, come on. No one's wrestling fans in the morning, huh? <laughs> no one's even chiming in on the Phoenix page. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, oh, um, actually, Kendra oh. uh, chimed in, so I will read hers. She said, too many to even narrow it down. Her most memorable, her brother's friend tried to do a swanton dive onto a trampoline into a pile of sleeping bags because they slept on the trampoline that night, and he missed and dove into the springs. Four stitches. Ow. Yeah, that swanton, dude. Jeff Hardy made that look like, oh, my God. He's a dare. Like, he had no fear. He'd climb that ladder and just do that weird thing. If you're watching, he'd be like, <laughs> He would flip off, and and he did it so effortlessly. It looked nice. Uh, so yeah, um, luckily I didn't have the same fate as that poor kid. But uh, you know, 
it does not feel good if uh, when you when you hit the ground. That's for sure. <laughs> well, speaking of injuries, uh, Vince McMahon once tore both his quads in a match. So injuries can mm-hmm. happen at any time during a professional wrestling match, but sometimes injuries happen to non-active wrestlers. One of the more infamous and embarrassing examples took place during the 2005 Royal Rumble match. Near the end of the pay-per-view, both Batista and John Cena fell out of the ring at the same time. There was a lot of controversy surrounding the end with referees arguing on who won. So Vince McMahon would come out throwing his jacket down as he ran towards the ring. Mr. McMahon would be a little too enthusiastic getting into the ring as both of his legs hit the ring frame while sliding into it. McMahon would stumble to get up and fall back down. He would announce to the referees the restart of the match between the two, but he had to do it while sitting down due to tearing both of his quadriceps. So, uh, ooh, I can't. I, can't I, remember, I remember seeing that, actually. I guess the, the plan was... Uh, it was supposed to be Batista that one, but the way their cue went, they both hit the floor at the same time. My thought is if you have a mistake like that, because the Royal Rumble is you got to throw your opponent over the rope, both feet have to hit the floor, and you're eliminated. And the last one standing goes on to WrestleMania, gets the title. But obviously, it's not. It's all staged who gets thrown over when. Right. Yeah. Um, which I think it would be cooler if you actually just let people throw them out and actually see and go from there and go, okay, well, we'll do that. But storylines, yada, yada, soap opera. Not the way it works. Um, No, I think with those two big stars, you could have done something like, all right, well, screw it. We'll have a match on uh, the next pay-per-view or or, Monday Night Raw and then uh, figure it out that way. But, yeah, he he looked legit pissed, and uh, when he did get in, he couldn't get up and – yeah, it was it was interesting to watch. Hmm. Now, folks, we are talking your backyard wrestling mishaps. We still have a couple minutes left, so there's time to chime in either on the Facebook page or giving us a call at 844-790-TALK, 844-790-8255. Ooh, Tony, you're going to enjoy this next one. Oh, be macho, man. <laughs> Darren Young isn't the first, nor will he likely be the last, to admit to having an accident in the ring. Young confirmed the embarrassing moment while interviewed by someone with TMZ. Young said that there was a match where he was in a 2013 tag team match with Titus O'Neil against the Wyatt family. After taking a body slam from Eric Rowan, Young said it was so hard that he actually sharded. Young said it was visible, but not on cameras during the main event match. Young said it was easily the most embarrassing moment in his WWE career. He already disliked the baby blue trunks, but this gave him a reason to get rid of them permanently. While fans might not have been able to tell while watching the match on television, it had to have been tough for Young to still finish the match in that state. Oh. <laughs> oh, dude, that's awful. I you always wonder because you got to make sure. I would imagine that you you clean the the system before a match or you pee because I you're there like you want to be in the middle of a match and do that. I've I've read horror stories that um, CM Punk had gotten food poisoning and he had to Oof. go wrestle a match and he uh, he crapped himself in a match oh. and. Uh, and so did John Cena. John Cena also had food poisoning, and uh, <laughs> luckily he wore like the jeans, the, like the jean shorts. He didn't have like the tights or the right. trunks. But yeah, he crapped himself. 
Oh. So, could you oh. imagine like wrestling someone and they just poop their pants? I poop my pants. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's the um, wrong kind of wrestling mishap. Uh, obviously, yeah. not what you know. Um, one mishap that made me think of uh, old school uh, elementary wrestling, uh, the legit. Um, my ex-wife's brother, uh, who at the time, obviously, I didn't know her, but I knew her brother. Um, he actually got a full-on erection, uh, <laughs> <laughs> like in the singlet. So yeah, he oh, popped no. the Woody uh, during a match. I don't know if I can say that, but uh, yeah, yeah, you can say. It. <laughs> <laughs> He's sporting a Woody. <laughs> well, folks, that doesn't. <laughs> that was a mishap and a half, jail, sir. <laughs> <laughs> that does it for our audience participation. Uh... <laughs> segment um, <laughs> we end on a woody uh, backyard wrestling mishaps when we, when we come Where's back Rick Flair woo? we have a segment called don't Whoa! don't be an idiom so folks don't be an idiom come back join us in just a few minutes <laughs> Unable to listen to the whole show? A recording of today's program will be available later today. Visit americamatters.us and click on the podcast link. Now, back to the show. And we are back. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It is Thursday, September 17th. Yep, that's the correct date. Now, we uh, talk about it a couple times each show. It is the Phoenix Line, a 24-hour-a-day, seven-day-a-week voicemail line, giving you guys the opportunity to chime in on anything whatsoever. For instance, uh, maybe you missed our last segment about uh, backyard wrestling mishaps. You have your own you want to share, by all means. Or maybe you sharded yourself and you want to share that moment. You can do that as well. (laughs) Yeah. You know what's funny is uh, Kendra chimed in and said, Drax was a wrestler? Yeah. Yeah. Drax started out as a wrestler. So did The Rock. (laughs) And John Senior. Now, if you want to chime in on the Phoenix line, that number is 855-PHOENIX-RADIO. That's 855-F-E-N-I-X-R-D-O or 855-336-4973 for the alphanumerically impaired. All we ask is you keep it entertaining. We will compile those together and put them out in a future show. Now, in this segment, I wanted to bring back a, uh, a topic we did very early on in the life of the show and uh, talk about the origins of certain idioms now tony do you remember back to what an idiom is yeah you have to refresh me in the audience sir (laughs) so an idiom for those that don't know is a common saying that uh it can be just one of those things it doesn't make a lot of sense but it's something somebody says every time and and they typically know the meaning of for instance tony i when i ask you uh you know just bite the bullet what does bite the uh, bullet bite mean? The, bite the bullet is just go ahead and uh, take your loss, and it is what it is. Yeah, basically endure something difficult or unpleasant, but everybody knows that idiom, bite the bullet, but nobody really knows where it came from. Well, that's what I'm here to tell you. So the origin of this, uh, this expression was first recorded in the 1891 novel, In the Light That Failed. It is said to have derived from the practice of having a patient clench of a bullet between their teeth, sorry, having a patient clench a bullet between their teeth as a way to cope with the extreme pain felt during a surgical procedure without anesthesia. 
has been uh, has also been suggested to have evolved from the British Empire expression to bite the cartridge, dating back to the Indian Rebellion of 1857. In addition, the phrase "chew a bullet" holds a similar meaning and dates back to at least 1796. So when somebody says "bite the bullet" to endure something, now you know where that came from. Pants. <laughs> <laughs> How about uh, breaking the ice, Tony? What does that mean? Breaking the ice is uh, like a small chat, uh, you know, getting the, the initial conversation started. Exactly. Well, the origin to break the ice uh, originates from the 1580s, referencing, to, uh, sorry, referring to the carving of ice to create passages for ships on trade routes. Oftentimes, the ships would get stuck in the ice during the winter. The receiving country would send small ships to break the ice in order to make way for the trade ships, and as a result, they would strike up conversations and friendships and uh, literally break the ice in meeting new people. Yeah, it's uh, interesting how that started. So Yeah. Moving on, Tony, what if I say, uh, cat got your tongue? Um, can't speak, can't think of what I want to say. Words are hard. <laughs> it is literally a idiom yeah. for words are hard. Yeah. Uh, so the origin, there are actually two possible sources for this phrase, both equally morbid and sad. The first one refers to the use of a whip, cat o nine tails. I don't know what that is. Uh, used by the English Navy. Oh, vi- <laughs> victims were left speechless from the pain inflicted upon them after a flogging. So the type of whip is called a cat of nine tails. The second possible source comes from medieval times. Liars and blasphemers were punished by having their tongues cut out and then fed to cats. In ancient Egypt, cats were considered to be gods, and it was seen as an offering to the gods to give them the tongue of a liar. So next time somebody says, cat got your tongue, you can think about that truly morbid thought. (laughs) See, we like to educate on here. Tony, what does it mean if I want to bury the hatchet? You want to end a feud. You want to settle things. If you have beef with a person, you want to talk it out and reconcile. Get it resolved. Exactly. You want to make peace. Well, this phrase comes from North America during the 1600s, during peace talks between the Puritans and the Native Americans. After a peace agreement was made, the chiefs of tribes buried all their hatchets, knives, clubs, and tomahawks, thus making all weapons inaccessible making peace, and literally burying the hatchet. Let's make peace. It'll be good. <laughs> Tony, have you ever been caught red-handed? Guilty. <laughs> and what does caught red-handed mean? Ah, it means you got caught doing something you're not supposed to do. Exactly. You, you're you're committing- caught in the act of doing it. Well, dating back to Scotland in 1432, this term refers to an old English law that sought the punishment of any person who butchered an animal that wasn't his own. In order to be convicted, he had to be caught with the animal's blood still on his hands. Again, literally being caught (laughs) red-handed. Um, here's another, uh, uh, icy related idiom. What if you give someone the cold shoulder tone? 
Ah, that means you're uh, not acknowledging them. You're ignoring them, not giving them the time of day. Yeah, you're disregarding them. Well, this phrase stems from a particular way food was served to an unwanted guest in medieval England. At the time, it was customary to serve a hot meal or roast that was fresh out of the oven. So the act of serving an inferior cut of meat, such as a cold shoulder of mutton, to the guest was a direct and subtle way to communicate that they had overstayed their welcome and should leave. So uh, you're literally giving them a cold shoulder cut, cut of meat to let them know you're not wanted here. Oh, you're giving me the cold shoulder, sir. <laughs> All right, Tony, here's here's one you do pretty often, pulling somebody's leg. It's uh being a jokester. You're just uh you're telling a half truth but in a in a fun loving manner. Yeah, you're tricking or fooling someone. Yeah. Be a prankster. Well, the origin of this stems from a method used by street thieves in the 18th and 19th century London. Often working in pairs, one thief, known as a tripper-up, was tasked with tripping up an unsuspecting victim using a cane, rope, or piece of wire. The other thief robs the victim as he lay on the ground. Pulling your leg originally referred to the way the tripper-up tried to make someone stumble. Today, it only refers to tripping someone figuratively. So uh, instead of being a literal translation, it's a little more figurative. Yeah. All right, Tony. Jack the Tripper. Jack the Tripper. Uh, Moving on. What if I tell you it's straight from the horse's mouth? It just means like if I'm... If you hear rumors and stuff, like if you're not going to, if it doesn't come from my mouth, um, it's not true. You want to hear it straight from me. Well, not me literally, but the person saying it. Yeah, hearing it from a high authority, a trusted source. Well, this expression comes from punters in horse racing. Tips on which horse is likely to win are much sought after and circulate amongst punsters. But the most trusted authorities are those from the inner circle of the horse, such as stable lads and trainers. The notional from the horse's mouth is uh, indicates one step even better than even the inner circle, that is, the horse itself. So, uh, yeah, you know, you're, you're hearing it directly from the source as opposed to hearing it from a friend of a friend of a friend. Yeah, interesting. Here's one that I wish I unread. What if I'm busting your balls? Yeah, you're giving me a hard time. You're just joking with me. You're like, if you give me a, uh, um, if you say, oh, dude, you're, you're terrible at that. And just, I'm just, just busting your balls. So yeah. You're yeah. You're giving them a hard time. Well, believe it or not, this expression arose out of the painful method of castrating a bull's balls. This common practice involved Ooh. breaking a calf's testicles to turn them from a bull to a steer. Ooh. I'm glad it's only a saying and not a literal take, <laughs> at least for us humans. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. And, Tony, finally, what if I tell you you are the bee's knees? I'm the best. I'm the sh- the bleep. Ooh, and, you almost uh, dropped yeah. it. <laughs> I was gonna. I was gonna say something that was gonna sound similar. I wasn't gonna say it, but I'll tell you off air what I was gonna say. But yeah, it just means you're the best. Yeah, you're you're, you're the stuff. Exactly. You're the bee's knees. Well, the origin in 1920s America, there was a relatively short-lived trend which involved the pairing of an animal with a body part that craze spawned a plethora of expressions including the elephant's adenoids 
the cat's meow, the ant's pants, the tiger's sports, the elephant's wrist, the eel's ankles, and the bullfrog's beard, just to name a few. Today, only three such expressions survive, such as bee's knees, cat's pajamas, and dog's bollocks. I don't even remember hearing dog's bollocks. (laughs) Well, folks, that does it for our uh, take on idioms and where they came from. Come on back. We've got this day in history. And trust me, it's the bee's knees. Don't go anywhere. We'll see you. To join the conversation, call 844-790-TALK. That's 844-790-8255. Now, back to the show. Well, we did it, folks. Luckily, we made it to the end of the show, not before our final segment. But uh, if you missed a portion of the show or you want to go back and catch up on any of the previous shows, it's easy enough to do so. Head over to americamatters.us, click on the Shows and Podcasts link, scroll on down to the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. From there, you can get video, you can get audio as well, or head over to wherever you get podcasts, whether it's Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, Anchor Breaker, TuneIn, iHeart, Doozer, Dozer, Geezer, Gozer. Are you a god? You know you know it. Little yeah. delay on the button there, Tone. Yeah, it was. Oh, yeah. <laughs> sometimes it fires up, sometimes it just delays it. It's the way it goes. Folks, while you're there, be sure to subscribe so that way you always have the latest episode. Leave a review, let us know what you think, and tell your friends because why, Tony? Sharing is caring. It is caring. Speaking of caring, we care about you guys, the listeners, which is why we do this segment each and every day at the end of the show. Drop a little knowledge on you. Hopefully make you laugh as well. It is this day in history. Reversing the globe for the stories that turn the world on its head. It's this day in history with your correspondent on the beat. Christian Phoenix. Thanks, Siri. <laughs> All right. Uh, kicking things off this day in 1156, Emperor Frederick Barbarossa, no, not the pirate from Pirates of the Caribbean, issues the Privilegium Minus Decree, which elevated Austria to a duchy. I don't think it's quite the uh, duchy that you pass to one side. Um, not quite sure what that means, but uh, <laughs> different meanings. Duchy. Oh, duchy. All right. Moving on this day in 1787, the U.S. Constitution is signed by delegates at the Philadelphia Convention. I wonder if that was anything like the uh, San Diego Comic Convention. Uh <laughs> maybe they get dressed up they you know they do cosplay with those old-timey powdered wigs and wooden teeth good times <laughs> oh man great times all right this day in 1789 william herschel discovers mimas the satellite of saturn now when it says satellite of saturn is that the rings of saturn or is that one of the moons that is orbiting it i don't know why i'm asking you tone because chances are you probably don't know <laughs> No, I, I, I'm just like, okay, uh, sure. <laughs> this day in 1849, you may have heard of her. Her name's Harriet Tubman. Uh, first escaped slavery in Maryland with two of her brothers. Of course, she started the Underground Railroad and helped many, many other slaves escape slavery. Yeah, that's awesome. Let's go on the escape train. It wasn't a literal train. It was, oh. <laughs> it was a series of tunnels. <laughs> uh, 
All right. This next one, really, the the only reason I'm reading it is because the picture looks like um, the headhunter at the end of Beetlejuice who had his head shrunk. Oh, yeah, yeah. Hey, what's going on here? Good. Hey, hey. <laughs> this guy's head is just way too small for his body. Sadly, folks, you can't see it. But uh, this day in 1859... James Donnelly is sentenced to hang for murdering Patrick Farrell, but a petition for clemency reduces his sentence to seven years in Kingston Penitentiary. Penitentiary. Words are hard, folks. I wonder if that's where Captain Farrell came from, from Whiskey in the Jar. Uh, Oh, you mean Whiskey in the Jarro? Jarro. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, scrolling on down. You know, it's... uh, you know what? Before we get there, let's talk about uh, the guy who used to have the top-selling baseball card of all time until uh, Mike Trout's rookie card came about. 1917, Honus Wagner retires at 43 from the Pirates, and they retire his number 33. Well, that's good. Honus Wagner! I think we need uh, more kids named Honus these days. Honus. What's your kid's name? Honus. <laughs> Honus Jonas Baronis. Honus Sanfilippo. That's a nice Honus name to it. Sanfilippo. Yeah, I'll name it. Honus Jonas Sanfilippo. Honus Jonas. All right. This day in 1927. I'll marry a Sweden lady. That's how we'll do it. There Honus you go. Jonas. This day in 1920. Oh, what's what are you zipping, Tone? <laughs> Wiggity whack. <laughs> uh, those mics pick up everything. This day in <laughs> yeah, 1927, Charles Lindbergh visits San Francisco. Wonder if he had his baby with him. The baby went missing. Oh, too soon? Spoiler alert. Yeah, spoiler alert. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Football season's back this day in 1937. The first NFL game ever in Washington, D.C. The, what used to be Redskins, now the football team, beat the New York Giants 13-3. And this last week, they beat the Eagles 27-17. Oh, handily. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was a train wreck. Speaking of trains, yeah. moving on this day in 1941, famous meeting between Danish physicist Niels Bohr and German head of nuclear energy project Werner Heisenberg in Copenhagen to discuss nuclear weapons. And we all know what came of that. Mm-hmm. Big bombs. Big time bombs. Yeah, my name is Hugenbergen. Big bombs. I was Russian instead of German. Screw up. Yeah, that's all right. Speaking of uh, sports, this day in 1947, uh, Jackie Robinson is named Rookie of the Year by Sporting News, which is a huge uh, feat considering he was the first African-American baseball player. Yeah, that's great. Number 42, legendary. um, If you haven't seen uh, the biopic pick uh, 42, uh, Chadwick Boseman. Uh, go check it out. But Jackie Robinson, um, the stuff he had to go through, um, if the if they didn't take liberties in the movie, I mean, he really went through some stuff. So awesome. Yeah, in that case, I think it might have yeah, I think it might have even been worse in real life than what they did in the movies. Um, yeah, because there was some uncomfortable scenes that had to deal with racism that he had to put up with, but the way he handled himself was fantastic. So um, definitely a uh, game changer in that aspect speaking of game changers and along those same lines this day in 1953 ernie banks becomes the chicago cubs first black player oh excellent um 
Ernie Banks, I remember a legendary ball player, obviously, for the reasons you said there too, um, but opens the doors for many. There's so many fantastic African-American players that have come through time and will continue to come through. And uh, currently, just absolutely. <laughs> Moving from baseball to literature, this day in 1954, Lord of the Flies by William Golding is published by Faber and Faber in London. Uh, was that ever required reading for you, Tone? It was. We had to do it in 10th grade creative writing class. Mr. Greb, the same uh, English teacher that called me out for wearing a metal up your ass Metallica shirt. Um, he, you know, he would tell me every time I wore it, he goes, there's that toilet on your shirt. Uh, ignoring the shake coming out right with the hand shake but the, i digress but he he would like read we had to read it in that class and he had a big pig head on a stick and when he'd read it he'd be like kill the pig kill the pig kill the pig he was an interesting cat he did make english class fun i guarantee he's not listening but if he is <laughs> mr greb you made a lasting memory out of me, buddy. Nice little shout-out. Um, this day in 1956, way behind the curveball, television is first broadcast in Australia. 1956. I mean, we had television here at least a decade before that. I wonder if Australia is like uh, many of those European or Eastern Bloc countries where they're still showing shows from the uh, 80s and 90s as uh, essentially as new. new shows? <laughs> Coming out this week on Say by the Bell, Zach gets in another predicament, and Screech chases Lisa. What's going to happen at Bayside? Say by the Bell on Aussie 24. <laughs> uh, here's a name we brought up the other day. This day in 1961, Fran Tarkenton plays his first NFL game against the Chicago Bears, coming off the bench to lead the Vikings to a 37-13 victory, also becoming the only QB to throw for four touchdown passes in his first career game. Obviously, one of the reasons he's one of the top quarterbacks of all time. Yeah. He was number nine on the rank it list Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on, this day in 1963, watch out for the one-armed man. The Fugitive, starring David Jansen, premieres on ABC TV. Oh, well, I thought it's, the movie was a take of the TV show. I didn't know that. It was. I thought that I thought the movie was first. Nope. Nope. Oh, weird. Because I was going to say, I, was, I thought we were going to drop a Tommy Lee Jones. It was his birthday yesterday. I was like, oh, oh that's right. It was yeah. almost close, but the, yep. it wasn't me. It was the one-armed man. Speaking of uh, movies that were derived from TV shows this day in 1966, Mission Impossible premiered on CBS. Yeah. You know what's funny is uh, the first Mission Impossible was very, it was kind of dry. It was tried to be based really on the TV show. Obviously, all the sequels went on to make it just a fun action franchise movie. But uh, never watched the show, though. You know, the show, uh, it was okay for what it was for its time, but, uh, you know, the movies have definitely taken off since then. Now, finally, this day in history, this day in 2000, Dan Marino's number 13 jersey is retired by the Miami Dolphins, obviously the greatest quarterback to come out of Miami, um, but never won a Super Bowl. So Yeah, I, yeah, and he was he should have been in the top 10 list. Um he was uh, he was just fantastic quarterback. Came out of that great quarterback class of '83 with Elway and him, and uh, you know, took Elway a long time to get the rings towards the end of his career. But uh, Marino only got to play one Super Bowl. Unfortunately, no rings. Yep. It's, it's a shame. Yep. Um, and Tony, sorry to 
sorry to cut you off, but uh, with only 30 seconds left, got to run down some of the holidays for today. It is Constitution Day, Free Queso Day, National Apple Pie Dumpling Day, National Monte Cristo Day, National Professional House Cleaners Day, National Table Shuffleboard Day, and Time's Up Day. And it is Time's Up for us. Folks, we will be back with a brand new episode tomorrow. We'll see you then. Thank you.